0: Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there on Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Yep, bizarro land ensues. Welcome, everybody, or welcome back. It's been a strange evening. Something weird happened. This is part of my personal update. And I share it because it's so bizarre. I'm not worried or concerned because I have all sorts of stuff that's going to make you think that I'm probably the most paranoid person that you ever met. But the fact is, Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net is a technologist. I do that for a living. When a technologist expresses concerns about something technology related, it would behoove you to pay close attention. You are free to say that I am tinfoil or I'm a conspiracy theorist or I'm nuts. You are free to have those opinions. Once some of these things happen to you, you will learn to accept. And just come back and get my credit. But I want to tell the story. This is just this literally just happened before I got on the air. It's the reason I'm a little bit tardy in recording because I meant to record like 30 minutes ago and I couldn't because this call came in, and it was actually a voice call, an actual phone call. Some people listening to the show are of that age where you are just you're dis, you're disgusted with phone calls. You don't like phone calls. I don't know why this is, but you don't like phone calls. You hate phone calls. You're all about text messages. Leicester doesn't do that. Leicester doesn't have a smartphone. Leicester has a cell phone. It most, For the most part, it serves if I'm out and I need to get emergency roadside assistance or something. That's really what it's for. Or like, you know, when they had to contact me to let me know my brother had passed away, that's really what that's for. In every situation, it's for voice calls. If I'm using a service where they're forced to use some kind of a not really text message, but a messaging type service. I have a web-based message service that I use and it's able to redirect what would normally be a text message in a form that comes to my email. Email, of course, is the email is God's gas. And so this is the beauty when I need to get these calls. But I get a call, voice call. Not expecting a call because it's late. Not expecting a call. I don't have in this one line, does not have, it has caller ID, but only for certain numbers. Other numbers don't have it. I recognize this number as coming from one of my various banks. I have a lot of them. No problem. So I answer the call, calls, and it says, I would like to speak to, and he gives a name. Now, the name he gave was a valid name for Leicester in a past life. It is no longer a valid name, and that name does not exist, as far as I know, anywhere for this bank. I've long since changed it, changed it ages ago. So I thought that was weird, but I know that when I had a different account, they still, uh, LinkedIn, it was actually LinkedIn. They still had somewhere buried in their freaking system, the old name, and they had never changed it, even though I changed the front end. So I didn't think too much of this, right? I just said, okay, we'll marinate the cut and just deal with it. Right. Fine. So he says, well, I want to verify some transactions, suspicious transactions. This is normal for banking. Sure. I had made some transactions. This is expected. The the, pl- the plot of this will happen in a second. So he reads off a transaction. Now the amount, it's not an unusual amount, but it was just a little bit too perfect, too rounded. And I needed a little bit more detail. So I log into the account myself. The login works fine. There's no issues, no errors, no prompts, no warnings, no nothing. Everything's fine. I don't see the transaction. He says, well, you're not going to see it because we blocked it. That makes sense, right? There, there might've been an attempt and it was blocked. And then because he gives me the source and it's PayPal. Well, I did do a transaction that did go through PayPal for this account because I was purchasing something and I didn't want to give the card to the actual provider because I didn't trust these jackoffs, right? So PayPal's legit, sure. But I don't know about the dollar amount without knowing more details to know because it could be, you know, sometimes you have services where they come by a different name and you don't know it's the same and it just so happened there was a lot of purchase transactions. Well, he says, okay, there was a login attempt to the account. Okay. And apparently they were successful. This is what he says. And apparently they tried to do the transfer. Okay. And then he reads off and basically it's a Samsung note nine, which is a smartphone. Leicester has no smartphone. It's some person of Hispanic descent from Texas. Well, obviously that's not correct. Although I do have hooks in Texas, there would not be somebody of this name Coming out of Texas, it's not never going to happen. So I know there's something weird. I don't know what it is. Fine, he says. Okay, let's go ahead and reset the account. Now at this point, because nothing's really making sense, I go into the account and try to change the password, and it says the password's already been changed. Okay, well that's kind of weird because I hadn't done it. But he says he's resetting, which would reset the password. But I'm on the reset window again. Mark, you know, mark your mark my words. I am not stupid I'm a technologist I know the game that might be getting played so I'm already ahead of it of what might be I don't know that it is but I'm already ahead of it so I log out no problem guy says he's gonna put me on hold no problem I went and logged back in and told it to do a reset to generate another code because I was verifying that the initial code that I got matches the source of the new code I just did to make sure it's the same source right and it's the same source it's the same number. The caller ID is the same number. I confirm it to the bank. Everything matches. Everything's legitimate. Everything's clean. There's nothing weird here. I go ahead and change the password. I'm good to go. I notice he had hung up. He has yet to call back. Now I'm okay, that's kind of weird. But I had done the reset of the password. It was successful. Didn't have any issues and nothing had been reverted. Now here's the punchline to this whole business. I am, because of who I am, I am very, I'm very particular about bank and bank management, I kind of sway it different ways. So what I did in this situation is I have money all over the place, all over the place. I don't put all my eggs in one basket, screw that. So this account, specifically this account, I actually have multiple accounts in this particular financial institution, but the one in question, which I confirmed with this guy, is only used for spending. And I transfer money from a different account which that account only gets money pushed to it from a different bank. This is legit how I do this, right? So basically it's like a spending type deal. I take, okay, I know I need to spend $300. All right, cool. I go to a different bank where the money I know is cool and safe. I take that money. I transfer it to this bank to a different intercept account intake that I take, let's say 500 of, and then I'll transfer it the 300 I need for this one expense to the spending account leave 200 over here. That's how I kind of work it. So this account that was allegedly breached never has any money in it. So when he says a $500 transfer, it doesn't make any sense. It's not possible. There wasn't 500 in the account. There is another account at the financial that could have, but because it's outside of banking hours, you can't because it's locked in investments. (laughs) So, right. So I tile that everything's clean. I check all of my different providers. There's no evidence of any breach. There's no evidence of anything at all. No evidence anybody got access to the account. All the person knew was enough information to generate a code, which was a valid code. It was a valid code from a valid number. Everything was legitimate, but I see no evidence that the account was ever breached. All I can think is that this guy was looking at an old issue that might have been true before now that wasn't a recent something. And he got brought back up like some glitch in their system. Cause I'm saying it was a valid call. I can confirm that, but there was no evidence. There was any breach. There was no evidence of any login. There was no evidence of any transfer. There may have been some sort of something like years ago that I don't remember. Cause I know I've had issues a couple of times, but it was just the most bizarre thing. So when you hear me say as a technologist, this is how I roll. That's how I roll. The money that I would spend is never left in the same account as the money that I would save or the money I would invest or the money I would give to somebody. They're all different things. The money is all over the place to the point when I had to kind of think, it's time to buy a house. Let me figure out what all the money is that I got. It was actually hard to do it. That's what I wanted because that's how it's gotta be because you never know when something may get breached. In this case, I see no evidence it was breached, but because I had everything in sprawl, even if let's say somebody got in there, the most they could have done was initiate a sell transaction on some investments. It wouldn't have passed because it's outside of bank. It's outside of trading hours. So you wouldn't have done anything. It's just an order. You can't do anything. So let's say that you do something and you lock out of the account. It's not going to really matter. Cause I can always get back in because this particular financial institution has voice verification through the IVR. So when you call into the automated system, it asks you to verify information and it uses your voice to authenticate you. Well, the voice that it's using to authenticate is not the same as the voice you hear Leicester at CryptoTalkRadio.net talking to you on. So even if you tried to get slick with it, slick with it, like Zab Judah, you still wouldn't get in because it's a completely different voice that's given. Trust me, it is okay. And I'm assuring you, it's okay for you to call me paranoid, tinfall, or anything others. This is why Leicester does not carry a smartphone. This is why Leicester learned to spread the wealth and spread the money around. This is why Lister. I can't, I don't know any of my passwords. That's the point. I should not know them. There's a way that I can get into my different accounts that doesn't require I know the passwords so that it's boom, slick and clean. And then if there's a problem, they know how to contact me through a means that doesn't require a smartphone. And then of course there's email, which you'll never get breached on my email. It's like impossible to the point I almost got locked out of it myself. So I just wanted to share the story. I know it took a while. I tried my best to speed it, but I I didn't want to miss the opportunity to help other people understand it. they're getting more elaborate. I can't even say that this was a scam. I don't think it was. I think he was just an idiot, but I don't know for sure. Because again, some of the information was legit that was presented. So I'm not sure. And I'm letting you know this so that you are aware in case something similar happens. This is why I have so much going on and sprawl of things and why I don't leave anything in just one, everything in one place. I've got cash in somewhere because I don't trust putting all of it in a bank. That's how bad this is, folks. And then I set up new accounts just recently and redirected my streams of money going there because I was concerned about the other bank that I used to transfer to this one, even though that other bank has been reasonably safe. That's how bad it is, legit. It's getting worse, and I didn't want any chance, any of my money. It's kind of like Scrooge McDuck. And if I could build that vault, I would have done so because I would have gone swimming in it, just like the guy from Wolf of Wall Street because that's where I want to be. But in the meantime and in between time until I get there, I have to keep everything safe. I got to keep everything sane. And the beauty of having technical knowledge is I can anticipate what a baddie would do because chances are if it's somebody that was really trying to rip me off They're not going to be smarter than you, boy, right here. Let's get into cryptocurrency so I can shut up on this topic. Okay, now, speaking of money loss or the potential for money loss, we should look at some cryptocurrency, and we should start, I think, with Bitcoin, because Bitcoin tells a bit of a better story than I think Ethereum will in this one situation. Coindesk.com, and I zoom out to the month chart, and you'll notice that we recovered from the significant dump where we were going back down, got as low as like 39,000 ever so briefly, just like a week ago. We're coming right back up. We're at the 42,000 mark and trending upward. There's a positive trend momentum. There was some sell-off. That sell-off is tapering off as we speak. There's a little bit more sell-off that's anticipated. However, the buy pressure is very strong. Additionally, with the Bitcoin ETFs, The momentum is very positive. The momentum is very strong. And I did tell the story, and by the way, shout out to Frantic in our community, Triad community, because I know he's been off for a while. He may or may not have heard me say, you know, I did get into some Bitcoin ETFs, specifically Fidelity's, because I was very optimistic about their graph. The Fidelity graph is just clean. It's easy to predict. It's easy to monitor. I knew exactly what it was going to do. It's strange. None of the rest of them are anywhere close to the beauty that is that graph. So when I did buy in, I bought at three stages. I think three stages. I bought at, I think it was like 40 bucks. And then I bought again at like 38, I think I bought. And I definitely bought at 35. And 35, I was I was like 100%. This is going to $35. This is going to base $35. And $35 feels like the lowest it could go. Now it did go to like 34 80, 34, seven, you know, I'm not going to pick my, I'm going to pick my battles on that. 35 bucks. Let's round it. I was spot on with that business because it's graph is so darn beautiful and easy to read. It's, it's almost concerning, not really concerning because the money I put in this was throwaway money. It was extra investment money. And I have other extra investment money in other places. I could call the duty if I wanted to get more in, but I wasn't inclined to pay more than at this point, 30, let's say $38. And now that it's trending up as it is, I have to wait and see if it's gonna dip again before I choose to buy some more in. And if I did, 35 would be the price I would target. I would never go significantly higher. Now we're only talking a couple of dollars, right? But given the velocity that we expect in February and definitely March, I wanted to make sure to get at least somewhat of a bag. I didn't need to go all in YOLO, but I wanted to get at least somewhat of a bag because i have strong feeling that the price of bitcoin etfs overall not just fidelity that i i believe it's grossly underpriced i believe it's a steep discount i believe it's a great opportunity to get more mainstream into cryptocurrency part of the news that i was going to talk about here today google is going to open up doors to allow bitcoin etf advertisements if you didn't know most of these players especially like linkedin oh geez, linkedin bastards linkedin google uh, Facebook, Facebook's kind of, they're, they're a little bit okay, but they're in eh, uh, Reddit. Some of these platforms, they were really against advertising anything that was cryptocurrency related. The story with LinkedIn, that's actually the reason that LinkedIn froze my account is because they thought I was, this was like a year and a half ago or something. They thought I was advertising cryptocurrency and I wasn't, I was advertising the podcast that happens to be CryptoTalkRadio.net. But at no point, cause I never do, cause I don't need to, was I ever talking about purchasing cryptocurrency, trading cryptocurrency, selling cryptocurrency? Nothing, just it's a podcast. We talk about it. Listen, if you want to, then pay it. You no, know, don't charge anything. And these jackoffs froze the freaking account. They froze the account. They still left the, the business account open, which makes no damn sense, but they froze the personal account. So I was like, screw you. I'm just not going to use your service anymore because it, no. And I took it all the way to the attorney general's office and they still, they lied to the ag they lied to the AG so i said screw you guys i'm not going to do this and i've never used that service ever again and you might be wondering how are you then working with endeavors if you don't have that they don't need linkedin they might want it they don't have to have it that's a scam so i i made the choice to boycott it mostly because reddit they initially flagged it was the same ad they initially flagged it they talked to me though they said hey we're we're flagging it we're just letting you know that i said what you're flagging for is not correct. I didn't do anything in violation of the terms. They reviewed it, came back a day later and said, you're right, our terms are not clear. This is a this is a different, this is new waters for us. So we're going to actually fix the terms to make it clear about the distinction. Basically, it's around buying or selling, specifically cryptocurrency. That's what's banned on Reddit due to the situation I had. So I helped initiate Reddit's change. And then they ran my ad and it was fine. It just didn't get any turn. I didn't get any return on it. So I didn't run any more. I was just kind of testing the waters. The problem with Reddit, of course, is it's toxic hell with cryptocurrency. So I didn't go back. All of which to simply say, the more of these platforms that are a little bit less rigid about advertising on cryptocurrency, regardless of why, it's going to help the adoption of cryptocurrency overall. It's going to help with ETFs. It's going to help with Spot. It's going to help overall. And there may be, more exchanges that are willing to transact with United States citizens as a result. I'm spitballing. I'm saying that it's a good sign to see that Google's getting on board. Now, obviously, you're going to probably see Google crypto or some other crap come up because they're going to jump on the bandwagon. Let's hope not, but that's always a possibility. I hope not, but it's a possibility. Meanwhile, everything looks great as far as I can tell on the Bitcoin side, trending in the right direction for the right reasons at the right time. And the Bitcoin ETFs are benefiting from that accordingly. Meanwhile, on the Ethereum side, and the reason that I think Ethereum is having a little bit of a rougher time of it, Ethereum is on a dip, slight dip. I wouldn't say a major dip, but a slight dip that it has not yet recovered from. It's scheduled to trend somewhat downward. This surprised me because most of the crap tokens out there, you know, the garbage meme coins are out there. They're out in force. They're coming hot and heavy. If you can name it, it's probably a meme. There are Trump memes. There are Joe Biden memes. There's Myro. There's Myra. There's Nairo. There's, you know, Harry Potter, you, whatever, whatever. the You know, I'm sore. There's all sorts of memes out there. They create a bonk, Saudi bonk, Saudi Pepe. There's all sorts of them. And some that have been there for years that are just spiking for no reason, like cult now. It, it's hot and heavy. And the vast majority of these are Solana and Ethereum. I suspect and I'm only looking at graph movement when I say this, I suspect that people initially, the Solana got a little bit of hype, mostly because of Bonk and a couple of other ones. I think that's moving now where the Ethereum chain is starting to get a little bit more traction for ones that were still, they were still out there. So if if that's true, and I can't say that it is, but if that's true, it means that we're going to see people actually jumping chains where different chains are going to go on pumps at different times. So be aware if you're gambling into those memes and I'm not suggesting that you do or don't. I'm saying if you are, be aware like Myro. Myro has the eyes of a lot of influencers out there and I never could understand why other than the volume. I couldn't understand it. I even said I I don't see it personally. If that's what they want to do that's cool, but I don't personally see it. And it was running like crazy. Meanwhile and you know fr- frantic may not have heard but I had gotten into Trump 2024 and I don't even remember how I found the damn thing. I want to say it just popped up on coin market cap out of the blue and I saw it and I knew, I just knew somebody's going to pump this thing. The moment Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out, I knew the moment he dropped out, somebody's going to pump this for no reason other than the fact that Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out. Well, then there was a little pump, but not a lot. It was Ron DeSantis dropping. When Ron DeSantis dropped, Trunk 2024, I'm not exaggerating this, people. at the I bought a trillion, one trillion, 1.5 trillion tokens of this business. I, I, and I think it was 1,500 bucks even or somewhere around $1,500. And I was selling on the way up. And I'm telling you this because if you, um, basically, if you're going to gamble on any of these, this is the strategy. If you're going to do it, I'm not telling you to, if you're going to do it, sell on the way up, take profits, don't hold, because I learned the hard way with ones like Satama and others that that's what I should have done. But the psychology is too tempting to just hold, right? So you get this token, you got 1 trillion of the tokens and you expect Jeez, if this goes up three zeros, let's say I toss $1,000 in that bad boy, millionaire, deep, deep, deep. That's the trap though. That's the trap because you can't guarantee it's going to happen. And it's the probability that it does is extremely low. It's slanted against you. The house always wins. As I said, with Mexi, Mexi is behind Trump 2024. Many of these tokens, a lot of the exchanges, they know how to play the game. So I knew there's either it's a rug pull, which I didn't think because Mexi holds the tokens. Or it's just going to fail because it's whatever. So I took on the way up. First, I sold half of it. I think I sold half of it. I think I, think I had one trillion tokens now that I think about it. Because I got down to 500 billion tokens after it doubled. So it doubled and I basically took my initial out. So I got, I was all profit, right? I'm at no loss whatsoever. It kept going up. So, so as it kept going up, I just kept selling 100 billion tokens until I was, satisfied it was at the top on the graph and then i sold down to retain 100 billion tokens and then i waited until it got to a base point and then bought back in up to 600 billion or whatever and then did And i was just playing the game with it i made a crap ton of money to the point i was able to stack up on the ship ecosystem all three of the tokens just because just because <laughs> it's whatever and then i got some extra play money and something else and then I've got a little bit of money tossed into Pulse That's that's I'm fighting right now. It's a different problem. But now it's like, I didn't even have to invest more money in it. I just simply increased the money I had just on this 2024 when everybody else was looking at Miro. The the reason that I was so invested on that one versus a Miro, let's say I'm just looking for profit and this is an educational point. If I'm just looking for profit, my point was, yes, you can look at this token over here and see a low market cap and see low liquidity, and be concerned, rightfully so. There was a couple of things that favored, in my opinion, Trump 2024, even in comparison to the other Trump tokens out there. If a token has a lot of market cap, it means it already has a lot of money in it. That means there's a lot of money to be made, depending on how you're trading. If you're spot trading, though, the price is going to be, it's harder for the price to actually move the more money that's already in it, and based on the supply. So since I knew that, unless you're dealing with like a urine finance level supply where it's just like damn near nothing, the price isn't going to move significant. That's forcing you to hold. So if you're forced to hold, that's the biggest gamble to me. You're rolling dice that the damn thing's not going to just crap out for whatever reason. It could be anything. So with Miro then, it I I don't know what the base, I think it was less than a penny. And then it skyrocketed all the way up to 33 cents. And I would say to a T. The investor set said, this guy is going to go to like a dollar, $2, $7. I didn't see it just because it's like, yeah, but there's already too much money in this business. Okay. People are going to start dumping off the dude. And once they dump off the dude, it's going to have a hard time to, I, in my mind, it's going to have a hard time to recover. It's fine if you want to play it, but this is a token that pretty much forces you to hold. It forces you to hold, wait and see what's going to happen. And I wasn't comfortable doing it myself or putting anybody else in that position. Versus Trump 2024, this is another educational point because the market cap was low. So it, when I got in, it was $800,000. And then the liquidity always was, it's a locked liquidity until August for $185,000. Okay. So that balance, that was fine. Well, when it started running up, I think it got up to as high as like six, $8 million, right? Pretty sure it did. So you get this significant climb in a short amount of time because the price is so low and because the market cap's so low. That's why I was able to get a trillion of these tokens when it had a total of 770 some odd trillion of which 600 trillion are held by C. That meant that my transaction may very well have triggered the very run-up that we saw and that's another lesson I had to learn. Depending on how much you are able to contribute in, You might be able to cause a run up, benefit from it, sell. And if you are diligent about selling on the way up, like you should do, and you're not just dumping off the project, it might keep running. And so as I speak, it's coming back up and its base is way higher than it was before. It's, I think it's like five, by 53 or something like this. Whereas when I got in, it had to be down like the ones, twos or something. So it's holding its base very strong. People are buying back in this. Meanwhile, Miro is dipping like crazy. I didn't think it would dip the way it's doing, but I expected it's like this can't sustain. Because again, what really are we talking about here Uh, that SHIB doesn't do, right? Or Floki doesn't do, or Kishu doesn't do, or one of these other ones. People are going to go and wherever the money is, right? They're looking for easy money. You might be looking for easy money. Everybody's looking for easy money. That's the reality of this. If we call it an altcoin season, I say it's a trend coin season. I coined that, so give me my credit. But a trend coin season is simply whatever's trending is probably going to become a token. If it becomes a token, people are going to be looking to see if they can buy into that thing, do, 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 and then they're going to dump out of it and go to the next one, and it's going to repeat the cycle. And this is what our current is. We didn't have anything. There was something like that before, but you know we didn't have like VINU, the V-I-N-U, we didn't have Saitama trending hardly that much. We did have Keanu, though. We had keanu Emu, and that was trending because of Matrix Resurrections, right? But nowhere near the level of trend of like a Donald Trump, nowhere near the trend of like a Joe Biden or a trend of Elon Musk. Keanu was a fraction of trend compared to those other ones. All we're seeing is trend tokens. We're seeing tokens that just happen to trend for some reason, could be, that it just gets put the hell out there and the new game that they're playing is they'll put it out there with like one ETH of liquidity, knowing that it's just a quick transfer of wealth. The trick is, can they get very rich mother fathers to buy into it so that others can sell and take that wealth? That's the game that's being played. I would stress, be careful if you're gonna be gambling in it because I can't tell you how long this will last. I can tell you, a lot more scams are coming up and they're getting a lot more elaborate. Even if you see that the contract's clean, even if you see it passes audit, even if you see it's, you know, relinquished on the ownership, it doesn't really matter. It, They can still take liquidity. They can still take value. They can still rip you off. So be careful if you're going to get in. I'm not telling you to or not to. I'm telling you, be careful if you choose to, because it's getting, it's getting wicked out there. A couple of news bits and then we'll wrap up. MakerDAO I talked about on a previous episode. Very recently, a whale sold $5 million worth of MakerDAO. Uh, Maker was doing some drops. It didn't drop significant, but it was dropping, and this person decided to sell just before uh, it was going to drop. Trust me, it held value very nicely. I did take a look at the MakerDAO ecosystem. They banned United States traders from doing all the other cool stuff that I talked about, so I wasn't able to go all in. I still remain rather positive about what I saw. I think it's good for what it is and for those that can transact it. But again, they block you as traders. That's what it is. But I decided to watch all this business and see, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Where's the money going, right? Where's the money going? Well, it turns out that some of this that's coming out of these main, you know, I always talk about the core tokens and makers on Ethereum, but you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> the money is coming out of here, is clearly flowing into these garbage tokens, clearly. Other tokens like Chainlink, which is one of the main ones, that's an oracle, Chainlink lost a major amount of money very recently. They took that money and then they ran over to what's a token called WIN. WIN, it's on the Solana chain. So, and then they took and they sold after it pumped up, WIN, because it was pumping really high, and then they sold off and they made $1.6 million just off. So when I tell you, that the money is that's where the money's going. They're trying to find anything that's a quick pump opportunity to make some cash. That's the reality we're in right now. It's not even about altcoins, it's just simply trend. If something's trending for whatever the hell reason, if it's, it's FOMO, like there's a lot of FOMO out there, which is risk for you to get ripped off if you're not careful. That's why I keep saying that. Speaking of ripoff, magic internet money very recently de pegged magic internet money fancied itself a stable coin. This is the one that was mentioned up in Congress, but Magic Internet money got hacked for $6.5 million. This actually happened earlier this morning. Dipped very, very briefly. It didn't happen very long, so you missed that run, but dipped all the way down to like 70-something cents. Recovered its peg, got back up. there. They basically did, they're doing a um, a buyback of some of the tokens that's there and doing a burn and other things to try to get the value back to where it was. So it has recovered. It only lasted for like, 40 minutes-ish. It's nothing like the FTX business. So you already missed that one, but that's, again, another evidence that it's a sketchy business out there. Speaking about sketchy, Bitcoin NFTs, which I talked about as a bad idea not very long ago, <laughs> that's, that's I'm, I'm validated. I'm very much validated because values for Bitcoin NFTs have plummeted over 60% since last year. Hopefully you didn't get into those. I have a theory and I'm going to tinfoil this part of the reason that it's got even any traction, Donald Trump, I like to down his NFT lines, which he was pushing a little bit more. He pushed an NFT and I think it was the mugshot NFT where if you bought off in it and you, you spent a certain amount of money, you got an ordinal. I'm not going to bore you with the details of ordinals. Suffice it to say it's on the Bitcoin side, which I said was a very bad idea. I think that some of this ordinal business has basically depreciated. It's it's devalued what otherwise supposed to have a high value by nature of its uniqueness and difficulty to obtain. I think that saturation has caused a price decline. I could be wrong. Minting fees are way down. Minting fees usually means that, Hey, there's just, there's not a lot of traffic for this. Not a lot of interest for this. Not always, but that's kind of what it is. So if you were considering getting into Bitcoin NFTs, I would stress They are losing value ever slowly. Whether that recovers in the bull run is yet to be seen because of course, Bitcoin is going to benefit the most in what we saw. Money is flowing out all over the place as internet computer very recently saw internet computer, which had pumped all the way back up from a low of, I think it went as low as like three bucks and then went all the way up to like 12 or $13, whatever. And then down, down to now $11 ish as I record this. So, Internet computers also losing money. Shibs losing money. Doge was losing a little bit of money. There's all sorts of money flowing to these garbage ones. Some of the garbage ones I saw was a GameStop meme coin, and it literally is a meme coin. If you see this business, it is not GameStop's crypto. GameStop's too stupid to create their own cryptocurrency, even though it would be easy money for their marketing strategy. They're too dumb for cryptocurrency, so it is not legitimate. It is a meme token on the Solana chain that got over $14 million in market cap over 24 hours. And I guarantee you people know it is not GameStop. They know that it's not legitimate, but what they're banking on, again, is trend. Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets started on Reddit, largely. Wall Street Bets was the one that was basically short, you know, exploiting the GameStop stock and the AMC stock to the point that they ran up and the people made major amounts of money. It's a whole big deal where these companies are about to go bankrupt literally and rich and mother fathers dumped a bunch of money in there to pump it for no real value or reason. Cause both of the CEOs are idiots. The AMC CEO, this guy, this was during the pandemic. This guy refused to do drive in theaters during a time when people could not go to movie theaters During a time when being outdoors was perfectly fine, during a time when people wanted to watch movies and drive in theaters still has a nostalgic appeal, this guy refused to do drive in theaters. That's why his shit's crapping again. And I'm sorry, that's what it is. I'm frustrated. GameStop, this idiot, first he hires somebody to do NFTs and then fires the dude and then shuts down the NFT line. Meanwhile, their stores get smaller all the time, they're getting darker. I don't know if you've noticed this, they're getting darker. Back in the days of Babbage's, which GameStop bought, and I wish they hadn't, Babbage's was bright. It had a nice layout, very well organized. They put stuff on the wall, very nice and neat. The the staff was very educated about games. It wasn't just overwhelmed with garbage. Now the GameStops, they're all dark. Every last freaking GameStop is just dark. Nobody wants to go in there. There was a time GameStop was the go-to to try out new games like Valkyria Chronicles, Devil May Cry, that was the first place I went to try Devil May Cry. It's nowhere near that. They got garbage up there now. All I'm saying, these two organizations suck. And so these, I know people understand that they're not legitimate. They're buying in because it's an opportunity to make money. And so people are not so jaded as to assume that they're legitimate. They're there to make money. And that's smart, long as you're smart about it. It's smart, and it's easy money to be made. There's easy money to be made with these memes that happen to show up that seem to have something behind it. Just know that none of these are legitimate. None of these are going to last, and at some point, they're just going to dump on you, just like a safe moon, for example. But they're there, and they are strong for however long it lasts. If you choose, again, I'll stress it, if you choose to gamble it, please, please, please be careful and damn sure do not YOLO into any of these things because it's not going to end well for anybody who chooses to YOLO into these crap projects. The last bit of news I'll talk about increasing support for cryptocurrency. Ted Cruz, Senate, Cynthia Loomis. This is the United States Senate. (sighs) Align with Coinbase, standing with crypto support for cryptocurrency. I would argue this was largely pushed by Vivek Ramaswamy because he was one of the ones to openly talk about support of cryptocurrency. Now, Robert Kennedy Jr. is talking about it. Trump, I like the dollar, but now he's on board saying, no, CBDCs, we're not doing it. Okay, so now he's kind of somewhat eh, on board. Ted Budd in North Carolina, Bill Haggerty in Tennessee, Kristen Gillibrand from New York, John Cornyn from Texas, Tommy Tuberville in Alabama, Ron Wyden from Oregon, Steve Daines in Montana, Marshall Blackburn in Tennessee, Cory Booker, New Jersey, Mark Wayne Mullen in Oklahoma, Todd Young in Indiana, Kristen Sinema from Arizona, Tom Tillis from North Carolina, Mike Lee in Utah, all have put out a stance saying that they now support cryptocurrency. And if you are paying attention, there's a couple of Democrats in that list. Of course, Elizabeth Warren says absolutely no. Sherrod Brown says no, both Democrats. But there's a list of people on both sides of the party lines who support cryptocurrency. Do you know why? Because they saw that Vivek Ramaswamy was getting more popular as his support They see that Donald Trump is getting support for bashing on CBDCs. Robert Kennedy is getting support for bashing on CBDCs. This is, they're getting smart to what it is. You still have some of the swamp people like Elizabeth Warren sitting out there naysaying it. You have the SEC though taking L's in court. That helps. That's a bullish sentiment. Bitcoin ETF support. If it gets strong support is going to help the whole situation. Now we have to get a president in office whichever president that actually supports cryptocurrency as well and is willing to open it up and corral the sec and get some sanity back into this without going too far because Donald Trump with what he said with CBDCs, he's emphasizing, he doesn't support that notion. He doesn't support the government being the business and taking your money and turning it into a digital currency because he doesn't want his stuff put out there, obviously. Right. But at the same time, he's not averse to people who want to trade it and want to do these things. And he, I guarantee you, he understands the tax implications of freely allowing people to do the transactions. He understands the benefit from a taxation perspective. And then also you got to think, Donald Trump is really around support for fossil fuels. He's not around jumping to EVs. He said he supports hybrids. Leister at CryptoTalkRadio.net said hybrids are where we should be at because that's the truth, not EVs. We're not ready as Chicago had to hurt, learn the hard way. So Donald Trump is one of those where he wants more of these industries to survive. There's just a vocal minority that want to shut down these industries because they don't like them, which kills jobs. Not only does it kill jobs, it skyrockets prices. When you skyrocket prices, you take away discretionary income. When you take away discretionary income, you take it away from cryptocurrency. When you do that, cryptocurrency has a harder time taking off. Mind you, I would stress, we still are sitting about around the same one point at this point, $1.67 trillion in total market cap, and we have not been able to break that glass ceiling. Do you know why? Because it's the same thing I said before. The harder you make it to get in, the harder you make it to stay in, and the less appealing you make it as well, the institutional money is still waiting for regulatory clarity, none of which is there because the current president doesn't want it. The Democrats don't actively want it. They want control. They would have their control. If they had their control, nothing would really change because it would just basically give them a free pass to print even more because it just would be digital instead of physical. How's that any better? In closing, it's a, it's, a, it's a scary time out there. I'm not going to tell you it's not. I'm not trying to tell you to jump into garbage. I'm telling you, make up your own mind about what makes sense and just be smart about it and make sure your people are taken care of first. I can't stress enough how important that is your people are taken care of first, you got a roof over your head, food on the table. Because there are going to be times, bumpy roads along this journey. Crypto is going to go to a place. There's opportunities to be had now and then. You might be one that's going to wait for the big, right? On the Bitcoin side or the Ethereum side or whichever, great. Or you're one that's just going to gamble now, great. Either or whichever strategy that you choose is fine. They're viable, no matter which way. Be careful because we don't know what the future holds. We can be pretty assured cryptocurrency is going to have an amazing run in 2024. What that means for the broader markets and for fiat and for people's livelihoods is yet to be seen because who knows if there were enough people that were patient and rode the wave and just waited it out and said, I'm going to wait to see where this goes. We might end up in a better place overall as in the total market cap. I say a target of $2 trillion dollars is really what I would want to see. If I can get there, if I can see that we hit $2 trillion in the total market cap, at that point, I have no concerns whatsoever that we go significantly higher than where we're at. Because I would think enough money would flow in that the sky's the limit. And that's what everybody should want, arguably, even the banks. When I say everybody, even the banks, everybody should want a world where significant money flows back in that we lost as well as new money coming in and easier access to that money. It benefits everybody. I know people don't think that some people don't think that it benefits everybody. The more people we get in supporting it now, the easier it's going to be to consider how do we transition now to accept cryptocurrency as mainstream without replacing Fiat. Cause replacing Fiat is a mistake. It's a flat out mistake. Replacing paper cash is a mistake. Rush to debit is a mistake. There's too much, there's too many scams, there's too many breaches out there to try to rush to it. But accepting cryptocurrency as another form of currency is always good. I still say in the lifespans of everybody listening here, you're not going to have that shady dude at the drugstore with the bars on the windows, accepting that cryptocurrency. I don't know nothing about that, It's always going to be the answer for our livelihoods, but for basic transactions and money transfers and international transactions. Other things, I think it's fantastic. And hopefully, hopefully we don't get the EMP that knocks out our internet and power to where it all comes moot and then we're all back to paper anyway. But I tinfoil, don't I?